Hello, I'm Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO of TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a project of educators worldwide. And we have a special guest with us today. We have Katie Anderson, who's joining us um, as a virtual teacher working in Louisville, Kentucky, as well as a prior English language fellow worked virtually in China. Katie is here to share with us a type of assessments and the title of her presentation is called Hexagonal Thinking, Putting the Pieces Together, How She Engages Her Students in Assessments. Welcome, Katie. Thank you, glad to be here. So why don't you start off just by telling us a little bit about how you got into the field of assessments, if you will, within English language teaching to begin with. Well, um, like everyone else, I was working with my school system to help our students through the time of COVID and the pandemic. And um, we were working on um, how to best assess our students that were out of school, um, quarantined because of COVID or had chosen to study at home synchronously with us. And uh, so I was tasked with my school to come up with procedures for that. And because of that, focus on assessment in my school, it encouraged me to focus on assessment specifically in my classroom and with my ELL students. And so that's how I came up on the idea of hexagonal thinking. Wonderful. So can you explain for our listeners that are only hearing this through audio, what does that look like? We all know what a hexagon is, I think, but can you explain like the details of this assessment? Yeah. So, um, Hexagonal thinking is a great formative assessment, I think. And um, what it is, is you have the shape of a hexagon and you um, can give your students between six to nine hexagonal shapes. I wouldn't give them more than that. And then you will give your students a list of vocabulary corresponding to the number of shapes that you provided for them. And this vocabulary is usually the way I use it in my classroom has, was uh, to do with the literature that we were studying. Um, for example, uh, my ELL students and I were reading a Christmas carol. And so I gave them uh, six hexagonal shapes with some characters and some words to do with a Christmas carol. So I might give them Scrooge, Greed, Bob Cratchit, Christmas spirit, things like that. And the students can put the words that I give them vocabulary into the hexagonal shape, and then they can organize the shapes in any way that they like. Um, but the, the catch is, is that anywhere that these words inside the shape touch, they need to be able to explain the connection between these words. So if they put uh, Scrooge and Greed and Cratchit together, everywhere that those shapes touch, the students are gonna to need to explain how the word Scrooge and the word greed are, are connected in the story of A Christmas Carol or how the word greed and Bob Cratchit are connected in A Christmas Carol or Scrooge and Bob Cratchit like that. And so this is usually something that I like to do with students um, to assess their reading comprehension, to assess their grasp of major themes in a in a passage that we've read. Um, it's really great for ELL students because it uses all types of, all the four big structures of language. So it's reading, writing, listening, speaking. Um, 
I usually have the students do this in pairs or small groups. And um, once they have completed their shapes, so in, while they're doing this assignment, they have to talk to each other to negotiate where the words will go, how the shapes will be connected. And the really great thing about this is that there's not really a right or wrong answer as long as the students can explain their thinking. So this encourages deeper thinking, critical thinking skills, and then the ability to explain their rationale to each other and then to the class. Um, the writing piece would be that I usually have the students write a sentence or so to explain um, why they organized the shapes and connected the words in the way that they did. Um, I think that this assessment is good for literature. That's what I used it for, but I think it could be used for other disciplines as well, like science or history, anywhere where there are ideas and concepts that um, maybe are difficult to articulate or to think about um, in the physical world, you know, they're less tangible ideas and concepts. That's a great summary. Thank you for sharing all those details because I was going to ask, do you have them write sentences, for example, let's say you gave the example of Scrooge and greedy, would you also have them write a sentence using those words like Scrooge is a greedy man for a simple sentence, right? Would you have them do that as well? Yeah, yeah. Level, right? Yes, absolutely. That would, that's kind of where it's, it's really easy to scaffold this activity. So if the students are emergent in their language, then it's really easy to, to just have them write a single sentence, Scrooge is greedy. So they're learning that vocabulary, they're connecting that idea to the story. Um, but if you wanted to create a higher level activity, you might ask them to use a, a quote from the book to support their idea or something like that. That's a really good idea. I like that. <laughs> so that is great to have it uh, scaffoldable. Scaffoldable. How's that for a new word? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and age-wise, you can use this. You think with all different ages? Um, well, I think that the students would definitely need to be able to read to some extent on their own. And so um, I I use this with my high school students. So they were ninth through twelfth graders. Um, but I would think that no lower than upper middle school, or I mean, sorry, upper elementary school, maybe third grade would probably be the lowest that I would think this activity would be useful because the students need to be able to read a text and think about it independently. Um, I think that when you introduce this activity, um, it would definitely be a good way. Maybe you can use it for a lower, lower grade level if you did it as a whole class so that the teacher can maybe read and then the students would just respond orally. Yeah, it's a great idea. Um, I was gonna ask too, so for our listeners, because we don't have you on camera with us, you're just listening. I wanted to mention and affirm that everybody knows the number of sides for a hexagon, not to presume that everybody has the knowledge, but a hexagon is six sides. And why you chose a hexagon versus a triangle or a rectangle, why a hexagon? I think that a hexagon just gives you a, a lot more flexibility into how you can interact with the shapes. It just seems kind of organic, you know, it kind of looks like a, um, 
I'm thinking about like cells and, you know, when you look at um, building blocks of cells, they kind of look like hexagons to me, like in chemistry. Right. Um, it just Good. seems really organic. And when you move them around, it's really easy to place them. They always all fit together, nice and yeah. neat. And so I think it's just, I don't want to say like appealing to the eye to look at them. Like they, they look really interesting, kind of the honeycomb shape of, of like a bee, uh, a beehive. Right, right. That's a good analogy. So do you put the words in the hexagon? So just for, again, for our listeners, Katie, maybe you can explain how many hexagons you put on a given diagram for them. And if you put the words or allow them to put the words or how that works as well. Um, I would say between six and nine hexagons. I've only used six. And the reason for that is that um, when I taught this lesson, I was uh, teaching a hybrid class. And so some of my students were online and some of my students were in person and they were doing this activity on Google Slides. And so the sizing just worked better with six for everybody to be able to see it easily. And, um, and so I just put the hexagon shapes on a Google Slide and um, I put the words into their each individual text box. So I let the students move the hexagon shapes around and the words around on the screen. So they can, they have total control over the organization of the hexagon shapes and the words. Although you could um, put the words in there for them and then just have them move the shapes around, I think it would give you the same outcome. Okay, fantastic. And then how do you ultimately, is it more, you said it's a formative assessment. Do you collect anything from them? And um, in, in the case that I'm discussing right now, or my example, I did, I had them turn in their, uh, their Google slide where they had organized the shapes and the words. And then beneath that, they had another slide where they had worked together to write their sentences to explain how they can, why they connected the words that they did. And so then um, they kind of, they got a grade for their sentences, but they also presented their sentences as part of classroom discussion. And that was the sort of a formative assessment too. Fantastic. So as you mentioned, you can use it for reading, writing, speaking, and listening. Assess all of them kind of simultaneously while you're actualizing the activity, correct? Yes, yeah. And so you can help help the students understand what you're reading, what you're studying, and give them a chance to verbalize their understanding and also give a visual of their understanding by how they connect the words together. Right. Fantastic. Wonderful. Well, you've covered a lot of information already. Do you have like some final ideas you want to share with our listeners? Um, I just want to say, just kind of sum up what I've said. Um, I think that the hexagonal thinking is a great way for specifically ELL students to visualize concepts that are difficult to express or that maybe they don't have the full language for expressing yet in their, in their language learning. And um, I think it promotes critical thinking and is an easy way for ELL teachers to scaffold their classroom 
because I know I had ninth through 12th graders in the same classroom and students who had a wide range of language abilities. And so this activity was good because it could meet everybody where they were and they could participate fully together. Fantastic. That's very, very important. <laughs> and I appreciate it. it could be both a hybrid in-class, online, or hybrid. Thanks so much. Thank I you. really appreciate your time today, Katie, and we look forward to having you join us for a future episode. Follow us on our website, ttelt.org, for prior and new upcoming podcasts. Our Facebook, TTELT group, Instagram, at t.ttelt and Twitter at ttelt1. Thanks for joining us today. Mm -hmm.